magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Okay, all right, pass. Okay, one more time. No, no, one more time. We gotta go back to the first one. Oh God. Okay. You don't know what OCD is all about. All right, let's do the first one. Right? L W A F L M O Y T. Do it again. L W A F L M O Y T. L W A L F M O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Watch. Keeping it. I'm not editing that out. Don't keep it. I'm keeping every every breath I take is precious. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to L W A F L M O Y T. We say the acronym up front because if you want to subscribe to our podcast, write it down. L W A F L M O Y T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Carl. Hey, How's man. Back again, back again, ready to watch a pretty good film, I guess. A pretty good film, I guess. As you could tell from the full explanation of our acronym LWAFLMOIT, we watch a full length movie on YouTube. And usually we select a film that maybe you would need some company to watch this movie with. Maybe it helps to watch this movie in a group. So we want you to watch a movie on YouTube and listen to this broadcast 
at the same time. And I do say broadcast, Carl. Yeah, not it's only are we a podcast, mm-hmm. we are on mutinyradio.fm, oh. where you can hear us first Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or 5 o'clock. What do you do on 5 o'clock on Sunday? Like, you finally get back to church, right? Right. You're finally back from church, and it's time to just chill out and read the Bible. And you can cheat by watching a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Well, that's the great thing. I actually have a hollowed-out Bible where I keep my phone and my earbuds. And uh, I listen to mutinyradio.fm. <laughs> And uh, I also keep a flask in there, and I put it in my uh, coat pocket. And then when people shoot me, it protects it. I can not only listen to the show, but it, yeah, it's the movie. So, uh, yeah, it's all perfect. Uni Radio has some great stuff. There is the comedy. Uh, there was the uh, comedy Uni Radio Six Annual Comedy Festival, and uh, that's all archived and it's all available on muniradio.fm. So why don't you support muniradio.fm, go over to Venmo and throw in some money at Mutiny Radio. Uh, Carl, uh, you could go to, this, to the station and just hit donate, and I think mm-hmm. there's a PayPal or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or just give us a call. We'll... Do it. Yes. Yeah. Money. I'll, I'll, you know what? Give us a call, 415-550-055. One one, and uh, actually, I don't remember if that's the number or not. Uh, a little messy here at the studio. So let's continue with the show. So we watch, uh, we are, we broadcast, we stream every Sunday here on Mutiny Radio. We are also a podcast with our acronym, and we have a YouTube channel by our acronym. We have a Facebook channel by our full name, uh, and we like to watch movies. Yeah, usually these are movies that I read about. Uh, and but you just don't have YouTube. You just can't say it, type it in and see if it's there. And uh, this movie I saw on a plane, Carl. I'll say mm-hmm. flat up, the '80s. I saw it on a plane, and I I remembered half the movie. <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see this movie again because according to the trailer, I missed a lot of this yeah, movie. Yeah, a lot. Uh, of so, uh, all, right. all right. So sounds good. So Carl, what is the movie this week? I should say. Okay, we are going to watch Limit Up, Limit Up 1989. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine, Limit Up 1989. And the channel we like is the director of this film, Richard Martini. Oh, very uh, gracious. From the director himself, Richard Martini. Martini Zone? He worked on Salt. (laughs) I'll tell you all about him. All right. Well, yeah, I, we have an hour and a half to enjoy a movie I watched on an airplane. I think there was smoking a lot on the plane. Maybe? Yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah. Well, you know, the great thing about smoking on a plane is that it only stays the smoke on the first uh, 15 minutes. Uh, the first 15 seats, uh, I should say. Also, the first 15 minutes, it mysteriously disappears, especially during international flights. But oh, I miss it. So we'll have We'll talk about airplane movies later. Yeah. You know what my brother Adam Spiegelman always says uh, of the podcast Proudly Resents? Proudly Resents. Uh, he would always say that movie was so bad, I saw it on an airplane and I walked halfway through. <laughs> I hope he had a shoot. Clearly he did. Oh, clearly he did. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, here's the idea. We want you to type in Limit Up 
1989. Uh, you may find it. Uh, the full title is actually limited up. Richard Martini Director's Cut and is yeah. on Mr. Martini's own YouTube channel. That's Richard Martini Martini Zone. And yes, Martini Zone is one word. God bless. And this, uh, he posted this ten, oh, almost 10 years ago. 10 years ago. How's that for Matt? And uh, we're very excited to watch this. So we want you to click the link, get to it. It may be an ad. Don't worry about it. Let the ad play. Then once you get to the meat of it, hit pause and move the, the timer to zero, zero, zero and wait. And speaking of waiting, don't worry about it. Carl has so knows he's the pulse. How about this, Carl? The pulse of comedy today. And oh. uh, so he knows all the celebrity comedians. And uh, we'd like to do a countdown before our actual movie. And what better way to do it but with a celebrity comedian. I countdown. So, Carl, uh, uh, I'm very excited. I, I don't know who is going to do the countdown, so I'm excited to listen to this as well. Carl, yeah. take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Chris Park. Welcome, Chris. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, thank you, everybody. So you are a Jersey comedian. Do you think that's fair to say to call you a Jersey guy? Oh, yeah, totally. 100% born and raised and stuck in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's worse places to be stuck. Uh, not oh many. yeah, imagine being imagine being a comedian stuck in like South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's your audience? Right. So <laughs> now, aside from being a comedian, one of the things that impresses me out about you is you've branched out into larger endeavors. Uh, you do a lot of video work, right, on your own as a videographer, and also working for Blazos Comedy and Arts Network. Uh, how'd you get started with Blazo? With Blazo, I met Bo um, Bo Blaze, the 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 infamous Bo Blaze. Yeah, I met him several years ago. I uh, was looking for a I was I was just looking for a job on Craigslist, you know, looking under job ads, under um, uh, communicate like you know uh, media production stuff like that. Right, and uh, he had put an ad out looking just for help with a show that he was working on a while ago, and. Um, I replied, and ever since, you know, it's just been by his side, you know, working on new, pro going, hopping from new project to new project, trying to find something that uh, that works, you know? Now, I've seen this content. Sometimes it's like recording an open mic with a fancy backdrop, like at uh, in Lyndhurst. Uh, yes. Other times, uh, it's sketches. I was involved in one, a Santa one. Yeah, right. Yep. We're going back to the pandemic there. Yeah, confessions of a mall Santa. That's what right. I think. Yeah. Also, what I see like a lot of interviews with porn stars. Like, tell me about yeah. this content. And I mean, the, the porn star one, I guess, is to hook an audience. Let me know about this content. Who comes up with it? How you guys go about it? How do you arrive on these themes? Okay. Um, well, it's it's a, it's a little bit of a long story, but basically we had access to, um, for several years, we still do, um, Exotica in Edison, New Jersey, which is a porn convention that uh -huh. goes down there every year. And um, for many different reasons, Bo always had a booth down there. So we got the idea several years ago to start this idea, Comedians Talk to Porn Stars, where we just figured the two could go, you know, pretty much hand in hand. You know, so um, 
and uh, we would go around um, just asking comedy questions. And then, um, you know, that was basically the content we would get for that from the conventions. And then when COVID happened, oh, and shout out to uh, Clint Esposito, because he was in the, the first two years we were doing it at uh, the convention. Clint was the one who was going around asking all the questions, and he did a great job. Yeah. Um, what you call it? Uh, and then when the pandemic happened, we were basically able to reach out to uh, – several different uh, managers and uh, PR people for who represent different porn stars. And we were able to show our clout, like with the interviews that we did at Edison, in Edison. And uh, we were able to come up, we were able to get, um, we, we did a lot of Zoom interviews uh, during the pandemic uh, with, you know, the, as famous porn stars as we can, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it was a fun process. It's a fun process, you know, uh, just come up with a script. We have like set questions we always ask, but you know, we also try to do as much background research on the people as we can't find out weird things that some of these girls have been involved with outside of porn. Uh, which is fun. A lot of them do, you know, you know, there was one girl, Jillian Jansen, who was in a bunch of B horror movies and I've seen clips. Yeah. She's great. And uh, stuff like that, you know, we come up with gags and stuff to, uh, you know, just make the interview fun, lighthearted, you know, and uh, yeah, it's a great time. Well, it's good content because, you know, one, it's funny and two, it's like titillating, you know, it's like <laughs> porn star, she's talking dirty. It's good. It's a yeah. good. So, most of, the, most of the titillate, most of the titillation, though, uh, comes from me and me alone. Nobody else. Uh, <laughs> it's all me. I'm the one carrying the titillation in the uh -huh. interview, so. Well, as Never a viewer, forget. I I'm with you. I mean, uh, <laughs> okay. So, Blazo Co Comedy and Arts Network. How can people find that on the internet? Uh, you just have to go to uh, BlazoComedy.com. Uh, -huh. uh, hold on one second, actually. Wait, wait. Blazo.com. Uh, just Blazo.com. Okay, gotcha. I keep I confuse that all the time, but it's Blazo.com. <laughs> okay, so now. You would probably love our podcast because I know you're a super, super movie buff. And that's all we do is watch full-length movies that are pretty bad movies on YouTube. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you're on because it's going to give you a chance to really check it out. And the other thing is there's a Star Trek connection every single episode. I always find some way an actor was in the original series or a, mm -hmm. a producer produced Next Generation. And I know you're a big Star Trek fan, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've uh, been a Star Trek fan ever since. My father uh, grew up watching the original series. And then, um, you know, Star Trek was always on on some television in my house growing up. Like, it was just, it was always an episode of Star yeah. Trek playing. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, man, I just, you know, uh, big fan. My favorite series was, uh, is Deep Space Nine, mm -hmm. uh, which, which I don't know if that's a, <laughs> that's a, it's like, it seems like the black sheep of the, uh, of the Star Trek franchise, but that's definitely my favorite, but, uh, I think so, yeah. Voyager's the black sheep. I think, uh, people were into Next Generation, and then when Deep Space Nine came along, they were on board, but then... They were the Star Trek people are like, well, we got to come up, we got to give them something new, we got to spin this, and they did Voyager, and everyone said, hey, okay, maybe it's enough now. Yeah, well, you well, you know what it was? I think Voyager's biggest problem was, and I don't mean to get too into the weeds here, but uh, Voyager's biggest problem was uh, it was like the flagship show for uh, UPN Nine, which was owned by Paramount, 
Uh-huh. So and it was like a new channel when that came out. And uh, I just don't think it just had the same kind of clout as uh, Next Gen and Deep Space Nine did. Because as far as I remember, they were they they ran on uh, CBS, I think, right? I forget which one it was. One of the um, major one of the major networks, you know. So that right. was easy for them. Yeah, yeah and that's certainly m- more prestigious. Um, now you and I uh, bump into each other doing comedy all the time. We saw each other last mm-hmm. night at Rhino. Uh, we, yeah. um, you know, and these you'd had a good set there. Now, how can people find you, Chris Park, out there in social media, on the internet, Instagrams and snap tweets and all that? How can people get in touch with you? Uh, just it's really simple. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My handle's the same, which I know is shocking for a lot of us. Uh, to hear that because a lot of people seem to have different names all over the goddamn place. But uh, that it's uh, at Chris Park Comedy. That's uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then you can go to the Blazo Comedy Network on YouTube to uh, see, you know, the porn interviews and all the different sketches and stuff we work on. Last thing before we do this countdown, um, I think it's neat that there's a park in Manhattan named Christopher Park. Have you ever <laughs> been there? It's downtown. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, and I've had se- I've I've been there, um, and I've had several friends who wound up there, took a picture next to the sign, tagged me <laughs> in the sign. It just happens. It's happened quite a few times in my life, but yes, yes, I've Excellent. been there. <laughs> okay, now everybody at home is poised to watch this film at the same time as we do. We're all going to press play. Everyone at home, us in the studio here, we're going to press play at the same exact time. So, all right, Chris Park, why don't you go for it? Count us down. Give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Sounds good. All right, here we go, everybody. Three, two, one, go. You know what I like about this? It's because the director's like, yeah, I'm literally giving you a DVD dub right now. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like DVD. Maybe it's just his name and it's not really the director. Here's no, the- I think it is. Because I was curious about that, you know, it was like, why would the director post his own movie? And if he, does he have more movies on his channel? You know what I mean? And, uh, it just seemed like it was just him doing some vlogging, some personal video, uh, uh, some, some video essays, I guess. Nancy oh. Allen. That's right. I Nancy don't believe Allen's the hype. Star. Yes, I like Nancy Allen. I remember that. Ian Stockwell, I remember, and I remember Brad Fall. Yeah. And that's, the movie is called Limit Up. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Uh, we have a special on canned martinis. It's only three Camel cigarette bucks. This is Brad Hall. Now, uh, so this is like, uh, let me guess, Boston. No, this is Chicago. Right. Right. Has those two pointy things. Needs a band. Yeah, I know. That's uh, Chicago. Sears. That it's the. Um... Uh, commodities trading desk is in Chicago. There's the loop. Music by John Tesh. John Tesh. That? Yes, I did. Oh, you know, da 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 da. I always remember. Now I was uh, right NBA, there uh, while the bridge was going up, and they made us wait. Uh-huh. They were filming Rocky and Bullwinkle. 
Oh, yes. How that you you were part of history. <laughs> what was Rocky like? Hey, did you see me Bullwinkle? Did you get Bullwinkle's autograph? No, they were doing a special effects that. thing where they were flinging a car, you know, across the open span of the bridge. Oh wow. A little exciting. Which sport is bad enough, like? So this is over a hundred years from '88. I love the '80s. Yeah. Yeah, prime eighties. Yeah, I don't know where else this movie played. This well, this movie was released, but okay, I've got the info here. They they cut it. Okay, it came out in Chicago only one day, November third, uh, eighty nine, and then it went had a video premiere May of nineteen ninety. So it didn't. Uh, the release was really quite limited. This guy directed five films, but let's see here. Uh, in the UK video versions, they they cut like strong language so they can get a PG rating. The theatrical release was uncut, and I suspect this director's cut is that theatrical release. Oh, because they curse on YouTube. You could put up as much cursing and nudity as you want on YouTube. Yeah. And we're all for it. You know. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, we have a petition. If you want it at the end of the show, we can give you information. If on our paper newsletter. Use that kind of language. Yeah. They take it, and you're like, curses! Curses! Nancy Allen. Okay, look how clever she is, Nancy Allen. She puts a ticket. Yep, so she won't get a ticket. You already got me. Oh. Now, you, you're a native of Chicago, and, uh, am yeah. I right? Born and bred? Yeah. You, you I that. was born. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, can you just park right outside the commodities building and put it like a parking ticket on your windshield and be able to get in? Yeah, if it's a movie, you can pull right the hell up, <laughs> especially like an airport, uh, and that's the way it was in Chicago. Oh, look, Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Ray Charles. And you know, there is a, uh, a trope. There's, yeah, just, you know, an insect. He's doing 80s, he's 80s, Chicago, right? 80s, 80s, 80s. Now, see, it says <laughs> feed the hungry. That's like a foreshadowing of our plot. Oh, right. Oh, really? Not a second is wasted. A trucker oh, has knocked no. over a, a runner. Oh, look. That's Ron Howard's father. Really? Wow, we got it. it's full of it. Hey, no ladies on the mosh pit. Before <laughs> she fell down. Hey, who brought their chick to the mosh pit? <laughs> That's when you step out of the script. <laughs> That's when you're like, yeah. So now we bumped into and met our love interest. Oh, all right. Well, Brad Hall. Yeah. Who we've seen in another movie, we Troll did. 1. Yes, Which Troll one? 1. Troll, we Troll. saw that together? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, we saw it. It was, a, it was a San Francisco movie, and they, uh, Brad Hall and Julia Louise Dreyfus moves into a San Francisco apartment that is possessed by a troll. And there's like a fantasy uh, wonderland, like uh, 
inside their apartment, like a, a forest, and there's like a naked Julia Roberts, <laughs> Louise Dreyfus. Did I say Roberts? Julia Roberts? Yeah. There's a naked Julia Roberts in my mind. Okay. Doctor. So, so listen, Doctor. I was going to bring yeah. up 1986 Troll, but I don't think I was your co-host that day. Not sure. Oh, well. All right. Well, we'll have to watch it again then. All right. Now, are you kidding? Don't troll me. Don't troll me. Oh, I won't troll. And, you know, it's Troll 1. It's called Troll. It came out as Troll, but everyone knows the sequel, which uh, has a documentary called The World's Worst Worst Movie Ever. Yeah. Troll 2, which was on HBO Max, but I think it's uh, it's on YouTube, I believe, now. It just recently got on YouTube. Troll 2 is the worst movie ever made. And there's even a documentary called The Worst Movie Ever. And they talk about how it got produced and what happened with it. That's cool. Yeah. I think I'll have that to, nothing see it. to do with It has no Brad Hall in it. That's what I'm trying to get around. Brad Hall makes any movie better. You know, what? him and Julia Louis Dreyfus were married uh, when they were in SNL together, and they were married during this movie, and they were married during Control, and they were married when she was doing, when he was producing sitcoms and she was working, uh, uh, you know, starring in them or what have you. They work together, man. They, you know, it's a, it's a movie couple. Bridge? Uh, I don't know. I never saw Brooklyn Bridge. Okay, so let me just read it. Hall was producer, writer, and director. That's a lot. On the Golden Globe sitcom, Brooklyn Bridge. So he didn't win the Golden Globe, but the, the show did. He re- Oh, he did a, a nomination. He received a Primetime Emmy Award nomination. So. Yeah, he was doing behind the scenes. Power player. Okay, Power so couple. now Nancy Allen, should we call her by her film name, Casey Falls? Casey is well, going know, to the I was, What? I always remember Henry Henry Allen. Uh, I got to ask you, don't please the hype for like so Nancy Allen. I got to ask you. Uh, Public Enemy? I, I don't know that song. I love Public Enemy. Yeah, well, there's a lyric where they, they call out a, uh, I think it was right for Villa Choice at the time, but it was like a, a, a journalist uh, and uh, Mary Allen, I think it's been a while since I heard the song. Uh, I followed this blog, uh, but, you know, he has the same last name as Nancy Allen. So when I hear Nancy oh. Allen, I think Nancy Allen, you know, get asked. <laughs> All right, what else is it? It's the anatomy yeah. of the joke. No, he, he, she's like, I'm really good and I need more responsibility and I don't just want to be a runner for the rest of my life. And Dean Stockwell's like, you don't got what it takes, kid. You ain't got the shock in you. You're just a runner. All the runners want to be traders. So he says, okay, I'll tell you what. You go pick up my cards for tomorrow, like the, the his instructions. And he goes, maybe we'll talk about other responsibilities. And then Miss Sexy walks up, who's also a runner, and he walks off with him. So Casey's like, you know, she gets a little, she can do a, a choice. Wow, look at also, her. Yeah, she's also She just spilled a bull. She stabbed a bull like 10, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, Casey's so bare, but here comes the bull. You know, I do remember being on the flight and going, check out that Dean Stockwell suit. Look at that, even in silhouette. Look, he got another parking work. ticket. He got a parking ticket. Oh, what a oh, make day. a fade. Carl, I'm going to make a, oh, that back, uh, what a day. Really? 
<laughs> that's what you now say. Really? Who can turn oh. the world on with her smile? Oh, what a day. What a day. Hey, it's Chicago. Yeah. Or is it WKRP? Is it not Chicago? And it's eerie. Well, I mean, it was Lake Erie. Oh, it's not, is it? Wait, which lake is Chicago? Lake Erie, right? Lake Erie? Stop saying Lake Erie. You don't hear. Stop saying banana. If you didn't say Lake Erie, <laughs> and I didn't say Lake Erie, who said banana? Okay, look, we are now leading Nike. We're now doing Nike? Wait, what's going on? She's zip-zapping the car? She made How do you phrase it? Who did the whammy? Yeah, the whammy jam. The whammy jam. <laughs> oh, look, she's a convertible. She rolled up a minute. So she's pulled over. She's got car trouble. Well, because before or after the car got uh, zapped? Uh, this is Nike, and she zapped the car to make her have car trouble. Oh, her name is Nike. That's cool. Like the goddess. I thought you were doing pointing out product placement that was rampant in this movie. <laughs> like, is this movie sponsored by Apple computers or? Uh... Oh, look at the obvious ad for flaming trash can. <laughs> Obviously placed right in front of the camera, so we'll see it over. Licking the flames. Oh, I wish I had one of those trash cans. Uh, like uh, my father used to have one. You just take your garbage, you throw it in there. Poof! It is incinerated. Well, it's good because you can sit around it. You don't even have to say a word. Sometimes I gotta rub my hands around it. Yeah. yeah. You just find like an alleyway. The best thing is to find a garbage can. Make sure it's metal, and that uh, you could have a fire in there for hours. Nonchalantly right. in the background. Now but you gotta you be careful because to it. sometimes. It can be a gas drum, which is fine if it's like four months old, empty. But if it was filled last night, I mean, you got to be careful. You don't want to blow up. <laughs> the residual gas. Oh, yeah. I'm serious, the fume. It makes a big. Okay, so we're not really understanding yet what Nike's doing, except introducing herself as I'm some weird thing that's going to be in your life. She's not up getting it yet. She's like, am I going to get mugged? I'm innocent. Well, it's you, girl, and you should know it. With each passing movement, you show it. Do you remember Mary Child? Is that the theme song? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Is she, that was in Chicago, right? Part of my ignorance. Uh, I don't what? remember where it was. Look, Lost Souls Incorporated. Lost Souls. So I can I call out the elephant in the room that I find this movie really kind of racist, or at least it plays it checks off a lot of you know lists uh, of tropes. Uh, like there's a black man playing the saxophone in the street. There's a magical uh, black woman who has magic powers who's going to help out the the white woman in need. Uh, it's just uh, th these are things that we notice nowadays. How about that, Carl? <laughs> okay, so. Yeah. She got like a tip from Nike that like about a about a commodity. Look, cop, there she is on the floor. You do work here. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, she she's coming back. Listen, I have to tell yeah. you that on uh, okay, Nike's real name is Danita Vance, and she 
could have been huge, but unfortunately she passed away. But she was at on That's Saturday right. Night Live at that weird time when Robert Downey Jr. was there. Um, she was really good. She had a sitcom. Do you remember that? Like, yeah, I think it was on the CW or maybe UPN. Well, yeah. not, it's, 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 it's germane to what you were just talking about, right? He repeatedly was frustrated with Saturday Night Live for giving her, like, stereotypes of, you know, like, he's a young black woman. So they were giving her all these, you called it tropes. Uh, that was a big complaint she had about her time there. <clears throat> yeah, like, ooh, magic dust. Yeah, and it looks, you can see Brad Hall in the background, too. They're really using, like, hey, Brad, stop hanging around. Come back there. And you're on the floor. Yeah, if you're in this film, you're going to be in this film. How many days do you think the production took until they realized they didn't hire Clint? Uh, the Clint Tower didn't show up, and it says the dad. <laughs> Damn it! I thought we we said it says Clint Howard on the call sheet. Yeah, he's not here, huh? So Just wait, me, I guess. How come you're not saying Ron Howard? Who's Clint Howard? He's it is, don't they have a the brother, oh, right? Yeah. The guy from right. our Star Trek connection. He looks so much more like his father, right? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look like Rod. I guess he does look like Rod. How funny is that? It's just it's funny because we've seen both of them for like decades, or at least there's decades worth of film. He, he's the grandfather then of Bryce Bryce Howard. Bryce Howard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on the floor. So, you, is this the same story as like Trading Places? Didn't Trading Places was on the commodity floor? Oh, Oakland. That's the only similarity. They fixed it. So they're they're selling like soybeans and uh, yeah, futures on yeah. Uh, commodities. Yeah, I mean it's also like precious metals and stuff. But you got it. It's it's you yeah. know okay so. A big point of this movie is they trade soybeans. That's what we're looking at, soybeans. And the reason is it, there's more like energy in one grain of soybean. I mean, it could feed the world uh, soybeans. It's a really, um, yeah. Now, look, she put the whammy jammy and she's now yeah. convinced uh, Casey that something real is going on here. She kind of does know what she's talking about. The time? 15 minutes into the movie. Oh, I miss those computers, Carl. Uh-oh, something whammy jamming the computer. Yeah, that's right. This is... Now loading. This is Nike putting the whammy jammy on her computer. Yeah, of course it's Nike. Just said it. Whoa, you see that? It little cascaded down. So... And turned into different text. She's going to give Casey another tip. And she's going to insist that she go tell her boss. Oh, hang on, this she still like a love acting. I love when they have actresses like uh, acting against the computer screen. Or guys, you know what? It's just like easy on the eyes. Like you get to see your idol just like, you know, click and clacking away. I should have rephrased that. Oh, well. <laughs> this is a lot. I think it's great. Like when they have a computer movie where they're like tapping on the computer. Yeah. Like you get to zone out. Right? I mean, that's it. Boom. Reason why you went. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to keep digging the hole. 
So, so far, I just think through the computer, right? And you say, okay, so she convinced him, go tell your boss about this tip. Yeah. So now we're going to have well, an we should, Yeah, that's the other runner yeah. we saw. I remember this scene. You know, it's funny. I remember him having a beer and holding that bowl more, I guess, than her. But it's probably the reason why I remember this scene. Yeah. Well, well, I got to go see the doctor. Now we, now we should get a record scratch because she walks in <laughs> and he's like, yes, can I help you? She, he, she doesn't give him the tip. She just makes her awkward exit. Right. This is our yeah. third film with Dean Stockwell. Okay, so Wolf of uh, Washington is where Wolf of Washington is probably the best movie we've ever seen, right? I like one of the best ones. Yeah, I think that was a really fun episode, and it's royalty free or whatever. It's public domain. Is that how you call it? Public domain. Yeah, that's how we call it. So we could actually do a real episode, Carl. Yeah. Like yeah. You know, actually, I think that's the episode where I fell asleep, but I was still talking. That's, like, I was so tired. That's cool. And I was thinking, <laughs> no, maybe it wasn't, but I, was, I started, yeah, like, uh, one of the episodes, I, I fell asleep talking to you, but I kept talking, and I kind of got snapped, too, in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> that's, that's the quality of show we have for you. Yeah, and when you're, I like really it when you're cold. fully wide awake. That's when the mumbles really come out. Oh, right. Yeah, it's a nonstop mumble fest. <laughs> Imagine you, like, hosting the Oscars. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the, uh, the next... Uh, the cue card guy is going too fast. Okay, this scene is all about, okay, I'm really the devil, and I'm going to prove it to you by doing... Not metaphysical things, like impossible things, like make you float and crap like that. And she's being frustrated. Right. Why do they always want proof? <clears throat> I don't know about a like the the Yeah, it was like, you know how there was like a CW and the UPN? It was a show on there. I, I believe she had it. Was it called Venetia? Uh, uh, what was it? It was her first name, but I'm trying to think of what network it was on. Okay, well, she was on one episode of Miami Vice, and she was on a television movie called Sisters, and she was on 18 episodes of Saturday Night Live. That's all I've got on her. She died okay. uh, in 94. She had breast cancer, and uh, I really think she could have gone on to, who knows, who knows what movie she would have been in, and, you know, if we'd know her name, she'd be, you know another Whoopi Goldberg or something. I mean, she's a comedian and she's got her shops. Right. She, she told her family to host her services, her funeral services in an amusement park. Is uh, that interesting? All right. She was part of Second City. Cool. You know, that's how she got on the Saturday Night Live. That seems to always be the way. Chicago's Second City. Yeah, no, I, I remember her from I remember her from other stuff. Uh, now she's fallen into a dumpster. She believes that it's the devil. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Weird pixelation. Oh, sequence. Here's the limbo now, huh? Like yeah. purgatory? 
right, like, put there's Ray like, Charles on the stage. You know, and there's like a brick wall in front of him. The guy can't get a break. He's performing outside for brick wall buildings, <laughs> and then he finally gets a club, and there's a fucking brick wall behind him. <laughs> well, we'll see Sally, Sally Ketherman, Kellerman on the same stage later in this movie with the brick wall. Oh well, great. Well, Sally Ketherman, of course, from one of our favorite, one of my favorite movies, Meatball Three. So I can't about yeah. recall on that. It's fun, Meatball Three. Oh, remember, yeah, um, who did we see in the pinball movie and the Burt Reynolds movie? That guy. Um, remember, I was like, he was in a doorman oh, yeah. and we, we missed it. It was the one where she was in yeah. heaven. He was the guy at the pearly gates. Gotcha. Oh, right on. Oh, yeah, he was holding court. Holding court. You must be oh. thinking of Munchie's... Uh, that Munchies movie with Elvis and uh, oh right, oh right, with well, like yeah, it's like all these. Uh, that was the talking about other movies. But this this movie looks pretty solid. Do you think like right now this is probably the crux of the film, right? Well, right now should... we're learning that the deal is she will get her to become a big time trader, uh, and you know for her soul. That's the deal. Cool. Want to hear her talk her her soul. Yeah. Your soul. She's taking out a futures contract on her soul. <laughs> yeah, but she's, her name is Nike. What's now she's the devil devil? No, she's not. Like the, she's not the big devil. She's a demon, you know. But she has all, uh, you know, metaphysical power, all the spiritual, you know, controlling the physical well, world. She can. She's a physics machine. I'm a, de- I'm a demon. My name is uh, Thor. Thor. Oh, that's pretty cool. You must have like a hammer and so on. No, no, just have the name. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, your Nike. Is it true your your products manufactured? And no, I'm not that Nike. <laughs> Everyone's clapping for no. Ray Charles. He loves it. He loves it. I don't understand. Oh, look there. What's hell, hell? It says hello, but the neon sign of the letter O disappears. Yeah, it's flickering and then it's out. Yeah. It's out. It's, it is motel hell, and then the credits start. Rory Calhoun. Ta-da! Here's your. Hey. If you're gonna make what? a deal with the devil, you're gonna be in style. Eighties, yeah. you get yourself a sports car. You go to Miami Vice. It's all. Painful, He's gonna go yeah. clothes shopping. You can't wear that now. Snap fingers. <laughs> What middle class working woman clothes, man? They're perfect. Yeah. Now this guy too, what's he doing? Like he's offering all this stuff or just being like, you know. He's like a valley parker thing. See you in hell. Mm, They they misspelled oh never mind. Off into the mist. Look at it, Larian. No, this could have been shot anywhere. I guess they shot this in an office building. I mean, it seems like a, it, honestly, sure it's a Chicago did. production. 
they must have done it at the Chicago Board of Trade and like had a deal with them and they allowed it because they love right. making a film. Now, Dean Stockwell was also in Psych Out, which we saw with um, uh, with Kern? Jack Nicholson. No, Jack Nicholson. Yes, that's right. He did not that's like. He's the rival. He did not like Psych Out at all. He um, it it was not one of his favorite films. He didn't enjoy it much. And he says on the positive side, on the positive side, I think it was the first time I met Jack Nicholson, but it's the only time I ever worked with him. So I don't know. He wasn't a fan of that. We know him from Quantum Leap, especially, right? Right. Well, also, I guess uh, Blue Velvet. Like, so Blue Velvet was probably 87, and Quantum Leap was probably uh, 88, you know, 89. So this is in between. Yeah. Look at Pratt Hall acting. That Brad Hall hair, Brad Hall wired glasses, and he's reading the news, Carl, on SNL. So, so why are you having lunch with, um, there's Nike again. Why are you having lunch with runners? Why aren't you with the traders? Oh, I don't know. I don't like those guys. It's just more romance. It's starting. Now, Blue Velvet was 86. Married to the right. Mob was 88. Dune was 84. That's, yeah. And Quantum Leap, just like you said, it was 89 through 93. So this was a little bit on his uh, decline, you know, as a movie star. He started doing television. So this this was, this was seemed like 80, well, it wasn't decline. He had decades. So I'm sure he did tons of television in the 70s, 60s and 70s. I mean, like, uh, probably did Playhouse 90, you know. Well, I mean, he was a movie star, but he was like who you would think of as a movie star. I mean, he was in like, okay, uh, the last movie directed by Dennis Hopper, the Dunwich Horror, he came out of the 70s, and then he's in. The last, the last, the last picture by the director Dennis Hopper is like, I haven't seen it. It's so hard to find, but it's one of the worst movies. Oh, this is the best picture, yeah. <laughs> it, it is a bad film. I could not find it yeah. on uh, net, DVD Netflix. So that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's hard to find, but it's a quest. Like he, he had like a lot of cachet. You know, he's a writer and all that stuff, and he took it and he made a film about. I don't know. I think it, it's supposed to be like someone builds a movie house in South America and causes chaos, or they're shooting a movie in South America and it's causing chaos. Or something. I don't think it takes place in the United States. You know, I just don't have much respect for Dennis Hopper. I mean, he had a gift and he drugged it away. Now, he had a lot of gifts. I mean, he was a really good photographer to boot. I mean, besides, uh, you know, some memorable roles, he, uh, it was the Smiths used a lot of his photos in their, on their albums. He's a stuff. serious photographer. And I think we covered that in uh, King of the Mountain. King of the Mountain. Yeah. Now, what's happened here is she had a cat fight with the one, the runner who danced naked, or, you know, scantily clad, and she bonked into her love interest. We're sort of cementing it now, like, let me see what she's screaming. Okay, she got a tip about the Russians, and so she screamed it out. She's got a tip that the Russians are going to buy a bunch. You know, it's from Nike, and she's going to be right. You know, that's how this has been going. This film. Oh well, yeah. 
I I remember being from Nike because Nike put a Russian flag on top of the cheesecake. <laughs> yeah, it was in the break yeah. room. It was in the break room. Now, yeah. do you remember how silly John Tesh was? Right. For those of you who are like young, uh, John Tesh was like a Good Morning America kind of anchor, right? But well, he did Entertainment Tonight, but he also oh. wrote the theme song there. Entertainment Tonight, John Tesh wrote that, that song. Entertainment Tonight. I wrote this song. Entertainment Tonight, written by John Tesh. <laughs> Wrote this fucking song. <laughs> yeah, right. That's uh. Well, we'll leave you with you know, Well, we don't have the clip, but thank you here tonight. You know, they don't like play you out at the end credits of entertainment tonight. They're like, well, that was entertainment tonight. That was entertainment tonight. Here's a long version of John <laughs> because of the extra sax solo. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Here comes an extra beat. <laughs> Contact no. Oh, this, but that's the thing. Like, if you ever play like uh, MVP jam, really uh, NBA jam. So John Tesh wrote music that like your mom would like, you know, like uh, right. Barry Manilow kind of songs. Um, anyway, he was just an all-around silly, silly, silly person. <laughs> In my opinion, you're probably going to go, oh, yeah, I don't know, John Tesh, he had this thing, and you'll be right. But to me. Oh. Now, listen, man, I think that guy could laugh his way to the bank because he, uh, he, you know, he, he made a lot of money uh, on Entertainment Tonight, and yeah. he was a super-ass professional on that. And he's like, you know, oh, uh, Alan Thick. He's like the late Alan Thick. You know, he, he also wrote a theme song. Actually, did John Tesh pass away? Don't say so. Um, I don't know. I didn't research that. I just noted the music, yeah. and I went, <laughs> that'll be funny. Yeah. Well, he was like that new age music. Like, during this yeah. time, here's a movie about naked capitalism, and then he's playing, like, hey, mellow out, you're off the trading floor. Chill out from the trading floor. So right now, everyone's like acting on... Oh, that's not really true. Uh, Casey told her tip to love interest's team and not her own Dean Stockwell, okay? So she's about to... Right. Yeah, so they're going to make a big hit, and Dean Stockwell will have lost $100,000. Which is like $100,000. By the way, this movie came out in 89, uh, 1990, so $100,000. It was actually $100,000 back in 1990. Okay, that's very funny. I'm hearing that. Okay, okay. No, I just, oh, man, I finally got a joke for this show, and you're like. (laughs) 1989 was worth $100,000 in 1989 money. Oh, don't make me pull out my phone and tweet it before you have a chance to go out stage. (laughs) I'll I'll play the clip next time. Okay, so now right, let's get Carl, the big thank you from Ron Howard's dad. Like, you've made me a very happy, and he's giving him a, her a tip, a lot of cash. Now Dean Stockwell is like, "Hey, you're fucking fired." Yeah, it's not professional. 
It's not professional, too. Like, the mind. look how young he looks. And he's not. But he does. Mm-hmm. He's a clean cut, I guess. Money. So they were able to, uh, there's money. That's against the law. You're fired. I don't care. Now, it I'm doesn't no longer, I can no longer be a And it doesn't really hurt her feelings until he's like, take off your jacket. Because then she's like stripped of her uniform. Whoa, really? That's like the walk of shame. It doesn't matter where the expression comes from when you lose your jacket on the commodity floor and you have to walk to the exit. That, that's that's what they would say, like, that oh, lady's doing a walk of shame. I didn't know that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, a lot of people think, like, you know, you have sex and then you leave the apartment and that going going back to get coffee or whatever, going home. That sounds right. But it, but it's actually just losing your commodity. Look at that. Oh, she put on a civilian jacket, her <laughs> non-commodity jacket. So, so what's she, the deal? So the, the commodity, yeah, go ahead. Well, she's bumping into love interest who, this is like, come on, I want to talk to you. Come across the street. Come on. And, you know, why don't you come work for us and work towards becoming a trader? That's her real dream anyway. It'll screw that other guy over. Look, he made us a lot of money today. Come get on Team Orange Coat. Right. Come on. Oh, look at this. Limit now up. Look, they're at Internet. Up. Okay, let me just explain. If the price of something is bubbling and it's out of control, limit up is that's a call that the floor makes that says it's a price limit. You can't go any higher. You gotta stop trading. It's it's to protect traders from like a crash. Uh, so that's why the right. movie's named Limit Up. And in our final scene, we're going to get a limit down. Well, wait, slow your roll. So let's say we have trading cards, Mike and Carl's trading cards. Yeah. And uh, people are spending like $20 a pack, and they're going through the Mike and Carl cards, finding the rare cards, and those cards are selling for like thousands of dollars. Right. That market is eventually going to bubble, it's going to burst, and then the... To, to prevent this, the uh, the trading card commodity will be like Mike and Carl. You can we're going to cap the limit at a million. Right, you have to stop now. One million is as high as you could go because if we go higher, we yeah. know it's not going to. You're going to lose money on this trade, and you so much money, you know, like millions of dollars. You'll be you'll be you'll we'll call a margin call yeah. on you. You'll be off the trading floor. It's to prevent a crash. In the end, the price of soybeans is going to plummet, 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 and they're going to do a limit down. Interesting. So let's say like the Mike and Carl cards and trading cards are not popular, right? Even though what would you, my favorite trading card, Carl, I don't, I don't know if we got a chance to talk about it. It's number twenty-four in the series uh-huh. where Mike and Carl are on your roof. Uh-huh. That that's a great card. This, okay, yeah. look, you see, this is the writer of the film. Now, Richard Martini co-wrote the film but and came up with the story. But really, she was the brains of the screenplay. She's an actress, too. Are they libertarians? Tell you her name. It's Luna. Luna. No, it's Luana. L-U-A-N-A. Luana Anders. She wrote the screenplay. She is this teacher. And... She was an actress in so much. Uh, she was in the Two Jakes and Shampoo and Easy Rider and, you know, Going cool. South. Yeah, and, yeah, she was in a lot of stuff. 
That's a couple of Nicholson movies. Going yeah. South and Cheech Jakes are both directed by Jack Nicholson. You had recommended Going South to me, and so I watched it. It was really good. I saw it on DVD. It was uh, really good, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's, uh, you know, it's a mess, but it's great. You know, and it was like, if you read the book Wired or see, we actually, Carl, I'm happy to do Wired, the movie. That was one of the first movies I wanted to do because that was the first movies I checked on YouTube. It was a 1989 docu uh, uh, drama based on Bob Woodward's book on John Belushi, Wired, The Life in Hard Times, or whatever. Did we do it next John time? Belushi. Yeah, we'll do it next time. How about that? Okay. Why? Right. Yeah. You said 1989? Yeah, you know, I remember being in New Jersey and there was like a movie theater on like Route 23 or what have you across the street from a diner. And it was December, and we went to see Wired, uh, the John Belushi biopic, and we left. It was a terrible movie. And I was like, this is the worst movie I've seen in the year or the decade. And the theater closed. <laughs> it wasn't open. In the 1990, it, closed, it was gone. And I'm like, it's the curse of that movie. Route 23, that's up where so, I live yeah. Oh, really? Well, you're one movie theater less thanks to Wired. Yeah. I mean, maybe by this time they have, like, new ones. Oh, I think I know that place. Is that the Zeroplex? They have zero <laughs> That's screens. right, the Nutplex. <laughs> but don't you hate going to the Zeroplex on a Friday night? Oh, what a mess. The lives are, like, through, yeah. Movie, no, no parking. Movies at the <laughs> Zeroplex. <laughs> No, and, and no parking. Right, but there's always parking at the Zeroplex, right? I mean... <laughs> that's, the Zeroplex has no parking. That's okay, the thing, you have to park in the street. Like that. Wait, you don't think I should say always park? Like, I could start the joke, like, I can't find... I went to this 10plex, it was this movie, I was getting drawn, you know? <laughs> I couldn't get a parking spot, so I went to the 6plex, right? That's fine. Okay, so now we're learning. No. It's it's more. It's just more good news for her. Watch how this uh paper takes off. Yes. Waiter, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> oh, paper sash falls down. Hey, it's hey, no parking on the commodity floor. No parking on the commodity floor. Yeah, now she's not yet a trader. She's still in training. They're her sponsor. He's wearing like a Dr. Sue suit with a Dr. Who, excuse me, with the uh, purple uh, lace, but she doesn't have that. Is that because he's a, a rookie? Uh, that's a good question. Like those are sort of not badges, but insignias and hers are I don't know because look other traders don't have those badges at all the other traders are really, oh, a couple are wearing jackets yeah okay got that okay now what Her they're fault. doing is she just did it placed an order when she's not allowed to but everybody knows she's training to be a trader so she makes a huge mistake she did it backwards Instead of buying, she sold for, and there she, so there's going to be a call at the end, and they're going to lo lose a hundred thousand, a hundred of uh, 
four hundred thousand dollars, a hundred, something super serious. So she's oh like, "Well, take back the trade." Too late, it went in, honey. Should have thought of that. Honey, no, signal wrong. You're still in school, darling. Well, yeah, I'll cut down on the floor for all your peers. That's a lot of money for four hundred thousand dollars in nineteen eighty nine money. That's four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> right. She said, "You're kidding. You're kidding, but, Ron Howard. You know why the son's Ron Howard? You're kidding, right?" Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't make me play. Go to westerns again. So he says, "Do you have any idea what we'll finish at?" And she does from Nike. So she tells them. So what's going to happen after the stressful, stressful moment is they're going to break even. And she didn't fuck the company up. But it's oh, tarnish. Cool. It's a tarnish. It's not good. Which one, hey, I, I, how come all these Illinois country folk got into the, to Chicago? Are they first? Uh, I don't know. They're just putting her in crazy outfits. Though, okay. There are soybean people who actually will go, like if they're pissed off, like for instance, at the end of the thing, it's going to show you that the farmers were pissed off that the grain, the soybeans were worth so little. And so they were pouring them out onto the trading floor. They're allowed in there as the owners of the commodities, you see, but they're not doing that. They're yeah. at the farm. But, uh, but I thought there was like a no overall, uh, overall no service policy. Now, like this, no overall. this is an important part of the film because we find out that that you could feed the world if uh, the price of soybeans dropped. However, one woman sold her first meal of the day to feed the staff. There's no profit in giving food away. No profit in giving food away. Look, I have the cool collar. If poor people had money, we'd be happy to feed them. She goes. Hey, hey, how do they get? Oh, God, you know, I was actually there. Wait, this is is for them and update. All right, all right. You're at Wrigley Field, huh? Yeah, it was for uh, Big Limit. It was for Limit Update. They were filming Limit Up and they gave out a free pass and t shirt. (laughs) Mike, let me me say this because it's important to the movie as if we give a shit. We just learned that. A handful of soybeans, it could feed the world. There's enough there to feed the entire world, but there's no profit in it. Uh, nobody's going to give the soybeans away. And then she goes, we'd be happy to, if they, if the poor had money, we'd be happy to feed them. And that's like a real big deal to Casey. It's going to get into her conscious and into her heart, you see, because the devil's trying to do the reverse. Well, she can sell her soul and exchange, make sure that the commodity goes down and, and be able to feed the world. Right? No, Someone has to be sacrificed for this. No, they want soul has to go down. They want the price to go all the way up so they can have famine and death. No, I can see like this. When we're making a movie about soybeans and the commodity. It's called Limit Up. They said, uh, the farmer's like, that sounds great. There's going to be a limit up. All right, call us in. And they're like, yeah, at the end of the movie, there's a limit down. What? <laughs> Our oh. precious soybeans are soiled. Love interest caught the foul ball. 
Oh, yeah, of course, holding two hot dogs from, and, and wearing Cubs uh, T-shirt and cap. You know how it goes. So he he autographs it and gives it to her, of course. Yeah. You were it's, really it's, there? It's, it's, uh, no, I was. I was. I was there. It was for Limit Up Appreciation Day. It was the 10th anniversary of Limit Up, and uh, the first 1,000 people in the in the stadium got free Limit Up T-shirts. It was great. <laughs> By the time I got my Limit Up T-shirt, all they had was medium. So you know, oh, damn it. I used it as a rag. I used it as a rag. You know what I say? It's something I have to wipe down. I'll take it and I'll spray it. Mop this up, Michael. Mop this up. Oh, hey, I'll limit it up. I got a rag right here. Oh, yeah. I got a rag right here. So what we're having now is the fall in love segment. It starts with Nike showing up at Wrigley Field to give her a tip, but not the tip you'd expect. The tip is keep your mind on the business and not your love affair. Forget about the love interest. And she's going to fight the devil. Right, we're going to have a not a we're going to have a seg, group a bunch of scenes now a segment in which they fall in love and get married. What did she order? Did she order lettuce and lemon apps? Well, yeah. Whenever yeah. she's on a date, she gets rabbit food, and then when she goes home, <laughs> she has like a hoagie. When nobody's right, like, yeah, she has like a of the food. So. Look at that. That's like two lemons and maybe like a bok choy, and as. You know, iceberg lettuce. I don't think they had invented bok choy in 1989. They might have bok choy in the menu. They didn't invent, like, a wine bottle. Uh, oh, no. Now, that's blasphemy. She's a, a demon, right? Yeah, it is blasphemy. And she's um, saying she has an Irish accent, which doesn't make sense, but she's Roman Catholic, so it does make sense. She goes, right. oh, hello, it's great to, oh, I'm not doing it right, but she's like, great to see you. You see that lightning thing that really happened? And she's like, he's, he's, she made her flick his face with the napkin. And he's like, that was very weird. Can we go? <laughs> uh, yeah, we can. We still have two hours before the fight land. God damn it. I got to add three, uh -oh. one. There's a limbo. We're in act two. Limbo Lounge. Okay, I'm with you, but I'm probably behind, but okay. Well, there uh, is a musical number going on. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm at the same place. place. I could skip in four seconds. They're dancing together uh, on the floor. This is a segment about they fall in love and get married. Yay! And she puts her yeah, foot yeah. down with Nike. I'm marrying him. She reeled him in. In the film, there is no good acting. There's no tender moment of we don't fall in love with them on the screen. There's just none of that chemistry. What are you talking about? They're at famous Chicago location. Uh-huh. Holding hands and uh-oh. Oh, I never expected standing on a street water fountain that the, the fountain would spray. <laughs> they must think I'm hot. I mean, he must have had a squirzy with the city. I mean, they're using public uh, fountain. Yeah, I really right? think That's... so. They're at um, Wrigley Field. They're at the commodities. Yeah, the commodity, the river. The where, you know. 
It's uh, Lake Erie. I think that's what it is. Maybe I'm stupid. I, I better Google that. Wow, look at that. that. According to that green monochromic uh, television monitor. Uh, now it's an all-the-way montage. All the way. And they're dancing on the elevator. <laughs> hey, floor's down below. Hi, we're looking for the training floor. Yeah, that's ground floor. Chicago Great Lake. Wow, look at that special effects. Print Center, wasn't that the name of the program? You can make all this stuff. Which one? It was Brotobun Software, and it was like, you can make banners. Remember we had a uh, dot matrix printer, and you could... And uh, you I had it like... Yeah. I remember you that. You had to separate the paper. Yeah. But there was a uh, really popular software, and it was like Printmaker or something like that. Where you can make uh, banners or posters or whatever. Not familiar Ooh, with. Yeah. I'm too technically advanced uh, over you. Now I, <laughs> I'm an idiot because it's Lake Michigan. I looked it up. It's Lake Michigan. I'm not it, Lake Erie. No, that's probably like I don't know. I don't know where that is. It's Lake Superior is Canada. I don't know. All I know is that it says on a crossword puzzle, Lake Blank. And I go, eerie. And I look yeah, at the letters, yeah. and there's four letters. So I go, yeah, there you go. Eerie. That's got to be it. Yeah. Eerie, Indiana. I never watched that show. It's sounding too scary. You, There's always uh, similar you know, ones in the crossword puzzle. You know, good words for them with lots of vowels that they can hook stuff on. Eerie's one of them. Now what's happening is oh, she's yeah. got her trading badge, but nobody will trade with her. Fuck you, little girl. Oh, right, because she fucked it up. No, not because she wow. not because she made a mistake. Well, it's just her first day as an actual trader, and nobody's respecting her. Oh right, well, street fight. Hey. It must have been like you must know something about the market. Like to make your own movie and to come right in to get someone to talk about. It seems like they know what they're talking about, or at least they, you know, they know the market. Like I would have no idea. You told me write a story about the market. I'd be like, ah, okay. Uh, a, a little Google. A little Google. A little, oh yeah, a little wiki here, and a little, you know. Okay, so one time I wrote a screenplay about some shit I know nothing about, and that's the Canadian political system. Okay, just a little Google, you find out all the positions, and it's it, I, I I did it, I nailed it. Yeah, you know what it is? It's like some fan fiction, like you know, I wish Canadian government would work like this. Elf <laughs> party and dwarf party. Yeah, I do like elf party and dwarf party as well. Known. Check this uh, out. Bull. In the 1960s, right, the CIA put sleeper cells in Canada to raise children, have children as Canadians, and those children would be spies of the United States. They would all go to the assembly, you know, to the, the legislature, the parliament, and they would vote that Canada join the United States. So the CIA is like supporting their campaigns in the background, you know, and getting them all into parliament. 
and they voted to become a state of the U.S. And my hero, and I was thinking of Tom Cruise when I wrote it, realizes the plot and he stops it. It's a thriller. So Tom Cruise plays himself and he stops your vast conspiracy. <laughs> Canadian is into, I'm into deep. No, really, I don't know who I am. Yeah, it's, that it's, sounds great, Carl. It's from watching The Firm, I got the idea for the film. And Tom Cruise was the hero of The Firm. So when I started writing it, I was like, yeah, I'm writing The Firm. <laughs> well, who else, you know? <laughs> or Tom Cruise would save the day. The Firm is great. You know, they're like, we're going to give you a house and a car. Yeah. No strings attached. Except yeah. to the mob. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. All right. I guess there's a fighting on the dance no fighting on the dance floor. Hold on a second. I, I, I'm mixing. Okay. So All she's right. got at risk $400,000 of the firm's money, but she's got the tip from Nike. She knows what's up. So the the husband or boyfriend or whatever came up and was like, right, you got to stop what you're doing. And she goes, yes, I don't know what I'm doing and, ch- and shoot him away. And he was, you know, it's a lot of money, but he did. He backed off. He. Oh, wait a minute. He's back. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, no. He was just telling uh, her the uh, stakes. It's $400,000 in 1989 money, Casey. Oh, my God. Can you imagine this? Back then, that was like at least for almost uh, 400000 yeah, that's $400,000. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I mean, in 1989, that was worth 400000 Okay, so look at that disillusioned. Now, Sally Kellerman. Yep, yeah, there she is, Sally Kellerman. Yeah. Yeah, she's our Star Trek connection just because we need one. You don't think uh, Grandpa Howard was on the Star Trek series? Uh, he was in a million things. Um, I don't think. I think I would have caught that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I love how like you you work on the, the floor all day and then you just go to the nightclub at night. Where he lives <laughs> in Chicago. Uh, Howard appeared in many notable films. Cool Hand Luke, Chinatown, Splash, Ed Wood, Apollo 13. How many of these are directed by his son? Independence Day, A Beautiful Mind, Cinderella Man, Frost Nixon, Cinderella Man, right? Nebraska and Matt yeah. Rose. A lot of those weren't. Nebraska and Independence Day. I mean, those, those are plenty fine without Ron Howard's input. Yeah, uh, he was an actress. Oh, gosh, I can't really say that. I don't really know that's true. Let's see. Judy Howard died in... Okay, he died eight days after his 89th birthday. It was West Nile virus. It was heart failure spurred on by West Nile virus infection. His heart stopped. That sucks. Yeah. Anyway, there was no Ron Howard when there was Cool Hand Luke in Chinatown, right? He did do Splash, but I'm saying Rance Howard was a working actor um, before. Uh, 
before his children came along. Now, Dean Stockwell is finally getting, like, she's getting the best of him every now and again. He's starting to respect her a little, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's just like a respect uh, he was a child actor at MGM um, Compulsion in 1959, Sons and Lovers in 60. Uh, he was in a Catherine Hepburn, Jason Robards movie. Um, he's been at it a long time, Dean Stockwell. Yeah. Yeah, he did a lot more there. So, I mean, what I'm saying, like, he must have done, like, tons of television as well. Like, the fact that he got on Quantum Leap must have helped him a lot. Just, you know, a second career and just kind of a, a great way to make some cash. And Yeah. Uh, look at this. Well, look, you see what he did? He complimented yeah, he's on the line. factor, but now the thing is, it's 1989, so the film didn't make, like, they were just like, that's his personality. And you and I know, like, that's kind of piggy. Or you shouldn't do that. But she, but it was a show of respect. She was like, good job. Now, look at this movie fake stuff. Oh, she's blown up on oh, television, and she's in Time Magazine cover girl. I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, her and Donald Trump. Now, what happened? Where's the guy? Who's talking? I'm a couple seconds behind you, right? Um. They're sitting in at Lake Michigan. She's on the trading floor making trades. You oh, see no. I'm, I'm watching. Yeah, I'm, I'm two seconds behind you. Okay. I'm not even. Okay, we're just having more love and romance, and it's getting to the point in which um, she's going to tell Nike, I don't care, I'm going to marry him. You see, we don't really have, look, she's got all her money now, so now she has a mansion, and he can't handle it. Right. Now, this is the Lincoln Park uh, Zoo, right? And at 12 o'clock every day, the seals get up and do Lincoln Park songs. I love it. That's right, because it is Lincoln Park. Yeah, that's right. Oh, there's her Nike. And then the zookeeper so the goes, one thing I can't deny, never, never, never try. Keep that in mind, I've designed the rhyme to design a good time. All I know, oh, I know, oh. It's a great show. You should see the matinee. It's at noon at the Lincoln Park Zoo. <laughs> Who opens for them? <laughs> I got to no, think of a quick, funny joke. I know, right? I can't think of it. I'd love to set up jokes for you that I can't figure out anyway. <laughs> Not like I have a backup on that one. And the otters. Marcy who Playground. The monkeys, that's who. Who, who opens for them? The monkeys. The monkeys. Oh, they are the, the monkeys. They open for the monkeys. Okay, so now it's like, I am going to marry him. I'm do I or I'm not, or I'm out. You want me to do this for you? I'm marrying him. Come on, we're partners, right? So, oh, man. Boom, here we are at the wedding. And, of course, Nike's going to come and fuck it up. 
not really fuck it up. She's going to make it a big happy party, actually. Anyway, look, they're so happy, but there is just no chemistry between them. Right. Yeah, they so, are like a happy couple. Like, like, you, you'd be at the wedding like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Look at them. There's uh, no chemistry. <laughs> is that a can of pay? I'm scarred. I give it five years. If they I have to, to be ten. Paul, oh, we're on table six. They could hear us. <laughs> Here we have the boring wedding band. And so she zaps them with the whammy jammy and turns them into the greatest, coolest band. Oh, man. I'm telling you, like, I don't know. Problematic movie. Cool. Look, entertainment of dancing. Dancing with so the guests. It's like. It's just like, you know, bedazzled. Do you ever see that? The, 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 there's a Brendan Fraser, Elizabeth Taylor yeah, version. Yeah, I've seen that in the one. original. Yeah. Yeah, with Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Yeah. So is this kind of like it? Like there's a, uh, a nebbish and then a uh, uh, devil kind of just goading him. The nebbish and the devil does good somehow. I don't think it well, does really good. Can't... He just survives it. It is like that film, but I can't. It is like that film. I don't know what Nebish is, but like she's a pure soul. Oh, like a nerd. No, she's no nerd, but she is like a decent human being. And that's why she won't be corruptible in the end, even though she's been playing along for her self-ambition. She's like, I'll be right back. And it's like, hello, this is the receiving line. You can't leave. <laughs> oh, yeah, there she goes. Yeah, now... Oh, really? I'm that far ahead? You don't see the dump truck? I see her calling the dump truck. Here comes the dump truck. Carl. Okay. So Come you're on. not so far okay. behind. That's full of yeah. soybeans. <laughs> She's going to have them dumped. Is it a political statement? It's a screw you for marrying that guy statement. Now nobody's going to be able to get out of the driveway, get their cars out. Wow, worst wedding ever. I hope she's not a bridezilla. Because spilled soybeans on the <laughs> lot preventing your guest to get at is a. Oh, you're a mother in law. Jane Fonda is mother in law. Monster in law. Jane Fonda is monster in law. Yeah. She's no, a monster. monster. If, if it was Jane Fonda is monster, uh, mother in law, you'd be like, oh, what a sexist film. But it's monster in law. It's a sexist film, right? It's like, there's no. It's a mother-in-law movie, and like, oh no! It's not a sexist film because it's the story. It's a woman's story. It's not told. The hero is is uh, what was what's J Lo is the hero, and it's a and lots of women can relate to like having a mother-in-law who's extremely disapproving. I mean, the thing wasn't written in a vacuum, right? It was. It's a. But it was wasn't like she was like uh, overbearing, like and like oh you know she she would kind of. Force her hand on everything. Like, well, she loved her son, like, and and J Lo wasn't good enough for her son. That was the whole. Right. Yeah, I saw that movie on TNT. I think, or maybe it was. Uh, TV. You know what? Right. I had bootleg TBT, which is a bootleg TBS TNT channel, and they had it, and it was like, yeah, I guess I get it. Well, it was just a dumb movie. Uh, right. I don't know. It was a throwaway movie. Something yeah. to do quick. She was divorced from what's his name. Okay, so we're missing this film, but we're not missing too much. 
right now it's she's asking do you believe in god and you know like she hasn't ever told him she made a deal with the devil but she's trying to like figure out if he's religious all right like before we marry like you don't mind like brad do you you look kind of jewish are you jewish did you change your name well they're married they're married oh there we go that's right they got married that was the last scene that's duh oh my goodness i forgot to ask are you Jewish? Tell me you're not Jewish. No. No. Oh, I forgot to ask you. Did you sell your soul to the devil? Yeah. I didn't mean to tell you, but the honeymoon was so much fun. <laughs> I have a Yom Kippur joke that works. You want to hear that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to hear a Yom Kippur joke. Okay. That. I already ruined it because I, you know, I kind of gave away the punch to tell you it's a Yom Kippur joke. So you have to not know it. Yeah, right? I, okay, so I'm up there and I'm like, it, I'm like, I'm complaining. I'm like, it, it never rains, but it pours. It, it, it never rains, but it pours, right? And then people go, uh-huh. I go, if you're Christian, if you're Christian, if you're Jewish, it never yomka rains, but it yomka pours once a year. <laughs> you must atone. That's a great joke. Oh, because, yeah, you got to fast for the day. And when people hear your, you know, Kippur, they're like, ha, 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 oh. I wish you much younger riches in your future because right now you're younger poor. You said you gave up the punch for your younger poor joke. You got to give up like punch and orange juice. It's not just, you know, <laughs> all beverages. Recently, I sat Shiva for the first time. I re- recently, I sat Shiva. Uh, it, was not, it wasn't too bad. I had a sweater. It was, you know, I, I had a few Shivas, but, it, you know, it was. <laughs> A little chilly, but I, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say, you know, Shiva didn't appreciate it. She's like, get off of me. <laughs> That's Shiva. All right. Okay, so what's happened now is the devil's plan is drive the price of soil soybeans up. So what she's gonna do is drive the price of soybeans down. So she's taken other people's other she's doing trading on other people's account it's completely illegal she's faking those people are going to you know she's got tickets that are that are orders she never got and then ron howard's dad is catching her being like what the fuck little girl you're going to go to jail for that kind of shit it's like i'm trying to prevent world hunger nobody knows what she's talking about you know what i mean so she right past Howard Howard and does it. She does it. Look, you see how his heart All is right. pushing Rick his push. heart? That will I know, know, man. Yeah, we'll see that. that Mortimer, your your brother. Fuck him. Turn those machines back on. Any places. Yeah, well that's what's gonna happen. He's gonna have a a heart attack. Oh she has a choice between Selling and buying or helping out Ron Howard's dad. Now, everybody's guilt buying from dealing with her because she's buying, 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 buying. So everyone's like, yeah, sure, okay, sell. Okay, sell. And it's going down. Now okay. here comes Nike. See how happy she is? Well, I haven't I I know she's wearing Nikes too. Yeah, she doesn't know that the plan is in reverse right now. I guess she's not really omnipotent. 
Right. Well, this is the first time she dressed up actually for the floor. Usually she's like, uh, for free. She's like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm doing what I was, I'm trading. Don't care. Are you blind? I see the price going down, girly. That's so cool. It's like in the middle of selling, you can just have a conversation. Well, if it's a movie, you absolutely can. So in the middle of the most precision based, like, you know, world rattling market. And it comes up like, hey, got the time? Sure, I got time for you. Dean Stockwell's catching on now. She's buying, 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 buying. What is it that she knows? What is it she knows? Nothing. She's just going to get everyone bankrupt. Oh, um, she's pocketing right. it. Look. Ron Howard. Oh, no. Oh, was it the chili dog I gave you for breakfast? <laughs> and the nacho cheese creamer. Can I have your orders? Would you give me the commission on your orders? I'll call you an ambulance. Okay. Okay. All right, you're an ambulance, Ron Howard's father. Oh, you called him an ambulance. All right, the devil does not approve. Do you want me to call you an ambulance? No, no, that's all right. Well, I'm doing it. You're an ambulance. Is that funny? Call you an ambulance. You know why I get a new five pieces of material each week? Because they suck. Because they all suck. You're Wait a minute, are you using our podcast show to write jokes? You get a new five every week. I use life to write jokes. Okay, now look, watch what she's doing. She's putting the whammy jammy yes. on the indoor weather. Wait, what? Is she she's, storm? She's stopping the trading. You know, I have to say the special effects must have been hand painted on each cell, right? <laughs> yes. It looks like Xanadu. In Xanadu. Stop it. Now, this you know the editor. Tornado. The editor was looking at every take like Dean Stockwell was doing, waiting for the perfect ticker tape to go across his face, you know, <laughs> like that, like landing right. on the phones. So she's screwing no. up the place so that no one can trade anymore. And then the deadline, the end of the day comes. Oh, so does she make money? No. No, she's ruined. Well, it's, it's there's going to be a take two. Uh, she's not ruined. She didn't accomplish her goal. Now, is the FEC going to, like, investigate her and the woman who is uh, causing a storm in Lake Exxon? Yes. yes are, you, are you Storm? <laughs> are you Storm? I've heard about your superpowers. I do a lot more. I'm, I'm a lot more than just weather, indoor weather. So, okay. So she tried to get soybean market to crash and she wasn't successful. She got interrupted, but it really fell and she lost a lot of money for the company. So the husband puts her in the cab, it puts her in the limo and has a talk with her. Like, why can't you talk to me? Communicate with me. I'm your husband. I'm your boss and partner. Why aren't you, you know? And then she explains that she made a deal with the devil. And when she does, 
Mr. Heartbeat, Mr. Love Heartthrob over here stops the car and yeah. abandons her. Like, you're a crazy person. You're crazy for making a deal with the devil or crazy to believe the devil exists? Right. Crazy to believe the devil exists. You and I know better, Mike, but there's a lot of uh, Gentiles out Gentiles out there. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know what? You know, uh, soybeans are Gentiles love. We call them goy beans. <laughs> I'm an honorary Jewish person because I worked for four Israeli companies and one time had a serious relationship with the Jewish woman. Never mind. It was high school. Oh. Who cares that it was high school? Who cares? Period. I don't need to know. And uh, weren't you looking? You uh, taught uh, me a lot of my Jew You taught me a lot of my Jew chops. Listen, the limo driver I... say something. What? <laughs> Would the limo driver be like, guys, can you keep it down? Right. Well, he's like, she's like, he's like, stop the car, and she's like, don't stop the car, and yeah, he's like, make up my mind, Ray Charles. So now, every now and again, you hear like a Stevie Wonder Ray Charles joke, like, did you see his new car? Well, neither did he, right? You've heard that. Right. Uh -huh. So Ray Charles yeah, that does joke. that. Ray Charles does that joke right now. It's like, did, you know, because she's looking for Nike. Have you seen a woman? She's African-American. She's got her, her, you know, she's describing her. I don't know how she does it. And he goes, no, uh, Ray Charles goes, is she black? Does she have, uh, what are those things you tie in the hair? She, he goes, yes, yes, yes. He goes, I haven't seen her. And he keeps playing. Great. Well, it was the only funny thing in the film. Does that mean he actually knows her? Yes, yes. Because every time she's bumping into Nike, it's like on that block where Ray Charles played. Okay. Nike is pissed. Sure. What do you call that tree? It's a Japanese tree. Bonsai? It's real little. Uh, I think it's, I, I have no problem with it. Her hair is great. Uh, I have no problem with that hair. <laughs> Wait, what do you yeah, call that tree? Like oh, it's like the little tree. Bonsai. Yeah. Bonsai. Yeah, this is, that's not her hair. Are you talking about her hair? That's her hat. The bonsai. <laughs> you Is really this the have final to... like square up. Kind of. There's more. We're not done. But um, she's pissed off, and uh, Casey's going to pay the price a little bit. You know, Casey is Nancy Allen, and she married Brian De Palma. Oh yeah, I I, I mean. RoboCop is probably the best movie she's done, I, I think. But she's done some great movies with the Palma. And she That's, does a lot of great stuff. And she keeps popping yeah. up and stuff, too, which is cool. Um, but she holds she, a movie. Uh, well, okay, in RoboCop, she was great. And that's where I know her from, too. But she never really... She, it, she's the star in this movie, but she wasn't the star in Carrie. She wasn't the star in Philadelphia Experiment or... You know, she wasn't the star in RoboCop. It's just not her. Yeah, but she holds the movie together. I mean, there might be somebody who stars in it, but, you know, you're in a movie. And yeah. uh, it's, it can't be just a man, a idol who kind of has charisma. And you can hold it. Uh, uh, right. 
Okay. Yeah. One movie she was the star of is very interesting. It was Dressed to Kill. Um, and she, check Doug this out. Like, she, yeah. She won a Golden Globe. She got a Glo Golden Globe nomination for New Star of the Year. But of that same movie, she got nominated for a Golden Raspberry for Worst Actress. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a weird movie. What I mean is, but, like, the the establishment said that was so good we're going to give you a nomination for a golden globe and the razzies were like fuck that you're nominated for worst right they, they cut her down to size they took away her punch do you know they said no stinkers? punch for young kippur <laughs> do you know stinkers bad movie awards i didn't hear of that ever stinkers no yeah i know i know the golden raspberry <laughs> Okay, now they're talking about the crazy thing that happened on the trading's floor that got to a limit down, and look, she's being arrested, and it's a big news. Wasn't that guy we just saw? That guy, the guy we just saw, was he from Hill Street Blues? No, yeah, he, was, he was a real trader in the day. Oh, really? Well, he should be arrested and hung. <laughs> like real traders. Yeah. He's a real trader? Is that what you say? Chicago. Okay, so now, Chicago trader. <laughs> you traitor. So now <laughs> the old girlfriend from the runner days goes to pick her up and bring right. her to her house, which is getting auctioned off. She's lost all her money. The FCC, you know, she's trying to manipulate the market. She made it limit down. So now they're going to auction off her stuff and her, her rich person's stuff in her rich person's house. Isn't that depressing? Oh, that's the way it goes in you know, the commodity market. How much for Thank this you. elephant man's bone replica? Elephant man bones, but the replica. The <laughs> replica, right. <laughs> and you edible. have a golden bidet. Now it's 14 karat gold, 7 karat gold, but it is golden. It is a golden bidet. Now it is plated gold, but it is. Look, yeah. everything's priced well, to go. Her plant. Her do you think fern. what's classier, a golden? What's classier, uh, a golden toilet or a golden bidet? I guess a golden bidet is classier because it's the more rare thing, and you would only have it if you're a rich person. You'd have a urinal and a bidet in your bathroom. Well, the thing is, like with the urinal and a toilet, you are putting poop on you, but the bidet is cleaning the poop off of you. Right. Like, I think it's a better way to, to spend your gold. Now the husband's back, and she's like not doing a good job acting. She's like, I don't know what to say, which is maybe the script, but I'm saying there's no chemistry. Right. <laughs> I lost everything. Maybe. He's like, you didn't lose me, because the script says so. I think the script is like, make your libertarian points and then uh, wrap the movie up. Yeah. I shouldn't have libertarian points. I, well, it seems like I need what? to watch this movie like three or four times to figure out what the what the real politics of this film is about. Okay, so what happened because she made the price drop is in an emergency, the government gives away the the soybeans to third world countries because that makes them more scarce and the price goes up at home domestically see so what she just did was feed the world for a season 
Wow. And not get arrested. Well, she did get arrested, yes. <laughs> for manipulating the jail? market. She went to... No, she didn't go to jail. It's like... Uh... She went to FCC game court. We strip you of your titles. You have to pay all the money. Now, what's happening is bad guy Dean Stockwell is there. The first, you remember the 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 love interest caught the baseball and autographed it. Yeah, sure. That's the first thing he auctioned off. Right, we expected like twenty bucks, and what he got it was Dean Stockwell going ten thousand dollars, and they're like, ooh. You know, and so oh, Ron Howard's father is like fifteen thousand. What they're doing is like giving her her money, like paying for. They're like being her friend. You see, saving her because they lost a lot of money, though. Maybe not Dean Sockwell. For some reason, they. For some reason, they they now are on board with her feeding the world. I don't know why. Now they didn't lose money because they sold them all to her, and she crashed it. They they got out, you know, as they as it was plummeting. So Dean Stockwell made money. So what he's doing and what are they're all doing is they were paying a lot of money for little items. It's like a smiley face on the end of the movie. Now. She got reduced in rank, but she didn't lose her trading badge or something. And there she is. And look, the stripper runner is now like her friend. And everyone's giving her thumbs up. Even night. Uh, we'll see if it is the white supremacist okay sign. Look, hi. Bye, so. What? Uh, so. No, bye. So what we're having here is right. a happy, 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 happy ending. Which everyone loves. As it always happens. Now, we find Oops. out the truth. Nike goes to report to her boss, which is Ray Charles, but she's not a oh. demon. She's an angel, and she was reverse psychologying. She, she found a pure uh, soul. Well, we... She found a pure soul on the trading floor and manipulated her to. to fight against the devil and do what they wanted, which was feed the world for a season. Wow, she reverse whammy jammy. Yeah. Yeah. You can see how Ray Charles is wow. he's got the fire in his eyes. Check it out. I know that's because when you have a street alley, you should always have a garbage can that you could set a fire into and then set a fire into it. Right, but it has to be like the fuel garbage can. Yeah. Yeah, you got, you got a lot of garbage. You know, a lot of garbage cans, you start a fire, and they, the garbage can itself melts. So you have to find a good one. Like, you have to go yeah. to the beach and find one. Like an oil drum. Yeah, like an oil drum. Yeah, basically find an alleyway in Chicago with an oil drum, uh, cut the top off, throw in, I don't know, the Chicago Tribune, Chicago Sentinel, the sometimes the Chicago Paper, Time Magazine. Yeah. And then light on fire. Review. On poor Ray Charles, he's acting in front of a fucking flaming fire. Like yeah. the smoke was. You 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 performed in front of smoke. It sucked. Uh, she was an angel the whole time. He must be an angel. Oh, Ray Charles is helping us 
say goodbye as the cast characters roll up the screen in each event. I did not see a sitcom. Maybe I was wrong. Uh, I was probably thinking, no, I'm probably thinking of someone else. Yeah, I am, of course. Uh, and Sally Kellerman as a nightclub uh, singer. Carl, what did you think of this movie? Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was, it had no chemistry between the love interest. And that was a really bad thing. I really liked her performance. Of course, I saw it with the sound and all the jokes she makes and everything. Um, I liked well, Dean Stockwell in it. I hated. You saw all the classes. Love What's that? You saw all the classes in there, like all the, uh, like the, the talk about it, the economics yes. and just, the, yeah. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, it seems like this movie was, it seems like the movie was made to get to that, to get to those points. Like, I don't know if it's an Ayn Rand thing or just like they had, you know, they want to feed the world, let them know it's Christmas time. And, uh, you know, this is the way to go. But it seems like this guy had an insight with a lot of Chicago stuff, which, you know, it's yeah. nice to see, especially if it's dated. Uh, but I, I, again, like, again, me mistaking, uh, the, the late, uh, 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 I, 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 it's movies. All right. But I, I do think there's a lot of like just racist kind of tropes that you see, like stereotypical tropes, like the, the magical Negro or the, uh, African-American playing sax on, on the street, you know, like, or just, uh, I don't know, but it was fine. It was, I don't know. It's a weird movie. I, I uh, Sincere appreciation to the following. I'm a couple seconds behind you. Yeah. John Tesh's credits are coming up. Great. John. It's time for John Tesh. Oh, my God. He's such a joke. He wrote a song called The Soybean Shuffle. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's The Soybean Shuffle. Yes, The Soybean Shuffle. Good for the Dynatones, huh? They really rock it. I didn't hear any. I didn't hear any of it. I, I you know. But does the band that perform live, Ben and Tones? I don't. I don't know. I didn't find that in my research, but I might have not. You know, I might have stopped looking. Oh. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our movie, uh, Living Up from 1989-1990. Uh, thank you very much, Richard Martini, for uh, posting it, as is. We appreciate that. Yes. Uh, the director's cut no less with the cursing. And the real life blood. You know, there's a lot more blood in this movie than the edited version I saw on NBC. So, uh-huh. but this is it was cool. Uh, and I forgot a lot of details of this movie, so it was it was strange to see. But uh, yeah, that's that movie. Neither fish nor fowl. Carl, uh, next week uh, I have an idea. Maybe I could look for it in real time <laughs> on YouTube. Well, I found but, the trailer for it. If you find the real film, and oh can- yeah. It'll work. I can well, play can the you, trailer. No. So, Carl, I had talked to Carl uh, right before uh, we recorded this to uh, uh, the movie. I, I found out through, through a friend that they discovered a uh, um, lost movie uh, shot in France during the 80s from uh, Jerry Lewis and, and that it's posted on YouTube. Is that correct, Carl? Is what? I uh, Wait, did you? Oh, no. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, next week, we're really excited for this film. It is, of course, we mentioned it during the show. It is, what's it called again? Wired, 1989. But see if it's on YouTube before we play the trailer, because it's right. going to mislead. Now, the other Jerry Lewis one you're talking about was a French film, but we didn't get there. I never got the link. Well, I never found it. I, the next thing you know, we're recording. 
Oh, I wasn't safe. Yeah. The most, the best thing about today's episode wasn't the misleading stuff we're doing right now. It was that uh, I'm going to do that joke about 1989 money and I'm going to, you know, watch a movie at the zero plex and I'm going to call my grandfather an ambulance. Uh, yeah, two out of three of those jokes are great. It's going to be a killer yeah. open mic. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and, uh, Go on Twitter and write down uh, my joke about 1990 money, and then I'm going to write a joke. Uh, you know what? I don't see it, Carl. I just it, see people talking about it, which, of oh, course, you know, damn. you got to talk about it. All right. Yeah, we're really lucky. Like, it showed up, like, for a split second, and then I was able to. Uh, okay, then in real time, look up uh, Jerry Lewis. All right, in real time, I will. I'm using my PlayStation 4. Here we go. The okay, studio's PlayStation 4. Jerry right, Lewis clear. movie. What year was that? 80s. Okay, so I'll just put 198. Hit people can uh, look with us in real time, but they can also check out your site at carlsucks.com. That is true. Where you can find out uh, all the shows uh, at Scotty's in Scottsdale, New Jersey. Right? <laughs> In Springfield, Springfield, New Jersey. <laughs> Scottsdale? No. Springfield. Oh, I get the two mixed up. <laughs> I cannot find the French film, its name. Okay. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back with a new movie. We'd love for you to check out Muni Radio, check out their live shows every Friday and Monday that airs, to check out the library of great shows that occurred during the uh, sixth annual comedy festival at Muni Radio, Muni Radio Show. And just, uh, uh, check us out next week uh, for a movie that we haven't picked out yet. Yeah. So, uh, Carl, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. See you soon. All right. See you soon. Take care. Bye, audience. Oh, and also bye, audience. <laughs> Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike underscores. You know, I love going to restaurants downtown, turning your frown around, and like everybody, falls countdown. <laughs> hey, I'm ready to crumb up. Now let's watch a full-length of patterned fetus. This podcast, brought to you on the Anchor.fm platform from the labs of AquaQ, Anchor.fm is available.
for iOS and Android, brings a free and clear interface for your podcast creator genius with royalty-free music and sound effects that make you sound from the Radiophonic Workshop with segments for you to advertise yourself in the cash money you so deserve. Available everywhere podcasts are free. Just do the queue. The continuation of the answer is a question for means of occupying a space of time. Hence their similarities. And commas are pauses and branchings of new spaces for the enjoyment of some however pretilicious towards others as they branch with you and create a story which is not altogether pleasuring until the end which is not yet known in light company. That is a little photon joke. Going back, again which we cannot to that bang, however we do bang on it and bang about and the big one was just an answer if you could be there and we're here and here is there and about again and isn't it grand and our first question was just what was it what could one possibly say and there was one and others followed etc and again which is too soon to be again the question was likely to listen to the monument of continuing answer and how is listening a question well it's not out loud you see and that is the part of the answer and the continuation of such and it weeps and that's where the rain came for, and so forth. I skipped a bunch but it did not and as it's been said has been done and done. Well and well and wells and etc the likes and so forth and not forth yet because there was no direction in particular and since we weren't traveling in any direction in particular there was no need to look back, which is how you figure out where you are, and going, and coming back to, and there was no coming back. This was it and by it I mean this and boy we got our planet, too. A circle for us because some of us thought we could look forward and back at the same time and that again is a little time joke for which does not exist to be known unless you do look back and that perhaps was and is still part of the bang I mean to look back without turning around and question and answer with an equal power for there was only one power or type to be known and the juxtaposites of a kind and liking way to discover each other has just created a place larger than we'd ever run into ourselves again and always do anyway which is likened to well in X that well not in X but imagine you can and never disconnect and you get used to it you draw it in and it draws about you swirly and since you're used to it you think the universe works like that and it does for you until one day you can be discovered and people just stick to you and you can't get rid of them because you're raw power and hold on to everything because everything is good to hold you know and so you trust it'll all be untangled, and it is, and it carries you and on, and more to the... What was it again? I suppose, which is a supposition or overlay of items which may not directly relate in other realms or facts yet but always do for one keen enough to keep track of them for everybody until the end of the conversation. Hence the interrupt being energies to provide for the continuation of the answer was and is so appreciated for the benefit of anybody and anything here and far for eternity as is our nature of beginning to unend. Funny we should place a period above, but it helps us move along. Yes of course there is more and less is more of it, only to staunch the velocity which makes us go without cause, or to a cause which outcomes are already known, so perhaps we take examples. Well, physicality, we have it now, so that's important. And by we I always meant that, just as the universe, and why I'm not sure I like that term, 
see voices raised in text which was meant to air your point we all agree on, and carrying that forward creates this loop of string where we think caps are a good idea, and see we said caps without an argument and everybody reading is going to be confused. Pop culture. It comes and goes away and is relived when we're old and want a cheap smile from ourselves and another, and to ensure that we did travel through time to get to a place where we I suppose needed to be cheap, or at least use the economy to laugh and expose a synapse as a sort and offering to another listener is to latch and become a part of our brain, for that synaptic period which is its self-defense against a listener who will simply not let go. Blip. Dot. Electrical systems are functioning, and that is good. Could you imagine? Well of course you can. Silly. Looking around we see only, and not looking around shows, or some trickery of language, and not back to velocity. Dot. Characters B rode gently up the lift. The staircase had been broken and there was a sign. Be brief in the elevator, there's only enough power to get to the floor you're going to. The windows of this building were a sort of blue, clear, with blue droplets of water clinging to them. Did I say cling? As if it were for dear, life. And dear and love it it wasn't when you've been isolated in a droplet on the 57th floor, you would be clingy to and probably wondering who would take the stairs to such heights, or even build them that high. Do people like being stacks atop one another? Surely they must. The cup clinked. Coffee was on our character's mind because he grew to the taste and the effects of walking to and from an inanimate object which returned without question, an object of his desire, to his liking if here early enough to make a pot. And he was and is, here now and the pot had already been made too, was the smell from around to the next cubicle. He poured his cup and moved it around to see. It was a fresh clean cubicle, and a fresh clean sitting woman or man, doesn't matter at this point in the story, now does it unless you're expecting something out of it, which you shouldn't because this is an office environment and we just came to see about the coffee. Which is delicious. One of them not necessarily known to each other or whether one of them said it before the other or whether that also matters to our listener, or reader depending on one's predilection of eavesdropping on the lives of others. Yes it is was the simultaneous answer from one to the affirmation of the statement from the other, or both, and is no known to be the same thing. It's early and I thought I'd make a cup, and the pot was there, and I was thinking of tea, or was I or you see now I'm thinking of tea perhaps again and I have this coffee, which is still delicious. It's too early in our conversation to carry on this like, isn't it? You said it was early. The two looked at each other and thought to themselves they might well sip the coffee and enjoy some and it was still good. See? Perhaps I can ask what you're doing today, or with your bits of life that are in the here and immediate daylight future for the we in the company which provides this space for us to sip coffee? I'm Dan and I make things over there he pointed. Oh, I was told we didn't have to decide so early, and that I should just get a cup of coffee and see what happens. They haven't paid me yet, you know, I'm an intern. I see the things that need making and make things around and about it to provide heat and energy for the group to carry on productively. I brought lunch today, which is a forward thing to brag about, yay I have food. Let's think about my gut this early in the morning, but there you have it. Coffee, food, and the idea that I won't need to eat the food, until I run out of ideas. And that's why I made the coffee and we're talking. 
Dan was trying to decide if he was still clever and stammered at the realization that he'd have to turn on cleverness with no appearance, and so whipped out his phone to check something. He didn't know either, which is why I'm here. What? I said. Well I'm here, what do you know? As in hey what do you know about that she? And now she was quite definitely a she because we needed her pronoun, and I suppose we could have asked. It's quite alright he said to the point of nothing, which confused the she who hadn't identified herself by name and as such looked up a bit at the preceding paragraph and tapped her now available pen against the palm of her hand. Is there a whiteboard to diagram? I thought one here would be good. Bubbles on the tops of Dan's coffee cup burbled into each other and clung to the side of the ceramic. Yes he was clever. He wanted to tell her about the water on the window and how the air bubbles in the middle of this mixed up water was driven by the water itself, air and water, air behaving like water and water like air. Fascinating. He felt he was 